0: Well, yes, incredible amount of time and energy and man hours and just everybody who helped and supported and prayed and uh, thank you, thank you. Keep, uh, keep praying. Um, e- e- even though we, we can do all of this, it's, Jesus said, without him, we can do nothing. That's true, right? Every, every week I come into this pulpit and I say, Lord, without you, I can do nothing. I can, I can speak a, a, a sermon that's been put together, but unless the Spirit of God comes and makes it real to our hearts, I'm, I'm just blowing air, right? So uh, yeah, that uh, dependency on him just, just keeps getting more and more and more to me, and uh, I just appreciate him so much. Well, this morning, we're finishing uh, our series called Grace and Truth. Again, to simplify, grace for our fellow sinners, right, and truth to bring us all to God and his ways that bring us abundant and everlasting life. Last week, we started to look uh, a really important subject at how you and I interact as Christians with a culture that is moving further and further from biblical truth from the designs that our loving Creator gave us uh, in His Word to be the foundations for life, for family, for society. And we found that we have an example to follow in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Um, From the account of His ministry with the woman at the well, we we learned some amazing principles. Uh, John chapter 4, you can go ahead and turn there. Um, But we've already learned some things. Uh, these, These principles, number one, That salvation is, number one, above everything. Uh, It's the most important thing for people to understand that God loves them, that God has a plan for them, that God wants them to be reconciled to himself. Number two, uh, that everyone is valued, that there is no group, no person, that is not worthy of our time and attention and prayers. Uh, but we treat everyone with respect and value and kindness. Uh, Number three, connect with people over commonalities, right? Don't argue over differences. It's not what we're here for. And number four, as we connect, uh, the main focus of our conversation is the gospel, right? It's God's wonderful free offer of that relationship with him and the difference that it makes in our lives. So four principles so far that we've looked at that Jesus has shown us. Um, Notice how Jesus demonstrates this as as we go back to John 4 this morning, beginning at verse 11. They they have connected at the well. They've connected over this commonality, this need for water. And verse 11, the woman says to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do you see, first of all, that after connecting over commonality, Jesus then uses that subject to subtly bring the conversation in a spiritual direction. Okay, this is a great idea in general for sharing our faith with other people. Again, we're we're talking about life, we're talking about things that we do, uh, that we experience together, right? And then we use dovetail off of that to turn the conversation subtly in a spiritual direction. Um, Water to living water. It might be sports, right? To finishing well in life. To crossing the goal line, right? We can can have conversations like that. Um, An uncertain economy. A lot of people talking about the economy today. Going from that to the wonderful peace of having God as our provider the one who promised to take care of us. So, um, great, great, great segues from the natural to the supernatural that will help us. But obviously, um, at first, she's not following him. She still thinks he's talking about some enhanced form of H2O that that he's going to get out of this well. And uh, that'll happen sometimes. But notice what Jesus does next. He points to the fact that earthly things don't truly satisfy. You ever been really, really thirsty? I mean, for me, it's like when when I've been mowing the lawn on a hot day. You know, you're just, you know, parched, right? And how good that cold water or that iced tea is when you're really, really thirsty. But guess what? The next time you mow the lawn or the next time you're out on a hot day, you're thirsty again, right? It's not something that lasts. This in itself is a commonality that you and I have with the rest of the world around us, right? Uh, There's so many things that we as human beings reach for that we think are going to make us happy in life. A pastor friend of mine I saw yesterday, had not seen in a lot of years, had a great sermon called The Fallacy of the Elsewhere, uh, basically saying how easy it is for us as human beings um, to think that, okay, when this happens, then I'll be happy. Right? When this happens, when I finally get out on my own, when I finish my degree, when i get that promotion or my career takes off when i find that special one right when we have a child when we own our own home when i make this much money when i change genders right all these things that that, that when when this happens this is going to make me happy this is going to bring me fulfillment but they don't why because earthly things don't satisfy. These things never really get to the heart of the issue. Remember, we, 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 we talked about that God uh, created us with a purpose, right? To live in and from a relationship with Him. Because of that, we human beings will never be fulfilled until we are full and filled with God. That's what we were made for. Amen? So let's call this uh, principle number five. Let's call this the how's that working for you principle. Maybe we're not going to use those words, but people all around us have beliefs and, and directions that they're following, right? Things that they're pursuing that are supposed to give them that true inner happiness and fulfillment. And since all earthly things eventually let us down, because they can't fill that space in our heart, right? Then we have that opportunity to connect with them at that level, Right? Um, rather than telling them they're wrong or they're bad, right? Maybe we can lovingly help them see how's that working for you? How, are, you know, you're, you're you're doing this. Wow, that's 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 interesting. You know, you're 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 going here. You're 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 going after this. How, how you doing with that, right? Um, it it it's like saying to someone else, um, you, you know, I found. in in life you know many of us have been around the block a few times I found in life that when I went after my career with all my heart and all this kind of stuff I I I lost out on a lot of important family time how do you balance that in your life right um or, or 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 something like um you know you're you're you know on this career path it, there was a time in my life it was just I knew I just needed to get that one promotion and and I finally got it, but then I found that it had problems of its own. It really didn't do what I thought it was going to you know how's how's things going for you in all of this again we're we're connecting with people over the common experiences of life, and we're discovering together that earthly things don't last earthly things don't satisfy. We're still coming up empty. All these things that we're reaching for and trying for just leave us still wanting. right? I haven't told them what you're doing is wrong or bad or evil or anything. right? We're, we're walking through this path together and realizing, yeah, you're right. You're right. Nothing on this earth really, I, I, I don't have the peace that I thought I was going to have. I don't have the happiness that I thought I was going to have. And then we have an opportunity to provide the eternal answer because there is someone who satisfies down to the core. Amen? So, um, verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Okay, so she, she still doesn't really get it. Okay, we, we we can see that. But she is clearly at this point interested in receiving something from Jesus. He has piqued her curiosity. He has planted a seed. There is something more, something that you're missing. Do you see how he did that? She's in a place. I want this. I realize that I'm going to be thirsty again coming to this well. All of I've realized that earthly things are letting me down. I want something more. And there it is, an opportunity to provide the gospel, an opportunity to say, hey, this is what Jesus has done in my life. This is what gives me peace and hope and strength. Okay? Uh, Verse 16, Jesus says to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now, for those who have read 1 Corinthians 12, all about spiritual gifts, this is what is known as a word of knowledge, something revealed by the Holy Spirit that you couldn't know yourself he, he had never talked to this woman before never met this woman before they're passing through Stop at a well here she is right this is what's called uh, a word of knowledge and something i'm not saying that this is going to happen all the time when you're talking to people but if you are born again and have the spirit of god within you this is certainly within the realm of possibility this is what spiritual gifts are for Jesus wants people to be drawn to Him. He wants people to, to understand that the Father is, loves them and, and is involved in their lives. There's a whole lot of spiritual gifts and things that are available to us that we don't always think. Right. So I want to say um, principle number six, remember you're not alone. As you're talking with a family member, as you're talking with a coworker, as you're talking with someone on the team, as you're talking with whoever out there, remember you are not alone. It's not up to you to convince somebody to believe in Jesus that's the, G- Jesus said, "No one comes to me unless what, unless the Father draws them, okay, We can't intellectually aren't you? Take a, take, just take a deep breath and let it out and just just let that, that burden on your heart fall away, because you and I can't do it. It's got to be something done by the Spirit of God. We just make ourselves available to be used in that process, to partner with God in that, as we share our testimony what God has done in our life what he's continuing to do in our lives as we share the gospel what Jesus did for people on the cross Jesus takes the holy spirit takes that and makes it real in someone's heart right that's that's his job so principle 6 remember you're not alone trust the lord to be with you and look for him and his involvement again lots of spiritual gifts that he can give to somebody. Uh, I just, just heard with my friend Mike that, uh, that passed. Um, that uh, he, was, he was at a meeting and saw someone sitting, had a problem. He went over and prayed for them and God, God healed them. Right. He, he was given a supernatural gift of healing for this person who was struggling, who was in need. Again. Within the realm of possibility for anyone in whom is the Holy Spirit, so don't think that we're alone in trying, to, oh no, you know I've got this this thing that i got this person, and it's going to be hard <sighs> Jesus is there. you might just plant a seed right so not alone, and this particular word of knowledge was meaningful in that it identified Jesus as having a relationship with God. She perceived that he was a prophet. Right? How, how many ha- have been at work or whatever and maybe somebody, you know, finds out somehow that you're a Christian and this and that and they and I I think peg uh, you've shared this before somebody that just made fun of you week after week after week after week until there was a need, and then they said, Would you please pray for me? You know, you're identified as someone who has a relationship with God. Um, but here was someone with a relationship with God who was still taking the time to talk with her, still taking the time to value and reach out and connect with her. So principle number seven, let people know you're a Christ follower who still loves and values them. Unfortunately, the impression of many people on the street these days is that Christians are bigoted haters and moral police that want to shove their you know, beliefs on everybody else. We need to let people know, yes, I am a, a follower of Christ, and here I am to talk with you. Here I am valuing you as a person. We need to demonstrate that that is a fallacy, right? That belief of, of, about Christians. Notice that this word of wisdom was not followed by condemnation. Right? He identified the fact. That she had had five husbands, the guy she's with now, no husband. He didn't pull out the the scroll of Moses and say, you know, you're this, you're that, you're the other thing. He did not condemn her. Any sense of wrong about her lifestyle would have come from her own conscience, not from him. Jesus does not impose judgment here. She's not turned off by what he said. He's merely stated judgment. He says what you have said is quite true So Jesus acknowledged her situation but did not judge right or wrong Again that is not the focus. The focus is what all of us need is a genuine relationship with God right That's the focus of the conversation but by the same token, neither does he affirm her situation. Okay? We need to say that. He does not affirm her situation. So principle number nine is this. Oh, I didn't I didn't spell out principle number eight. Principle number eight, don't judge people. I think that's pretty clear. Um, principle number nine, loving and caring does not equal affirmation. Loving and caring does not equal affirmation. Now, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, Jesus when speaking to the Jews who had the Word of God, he did affirm certain things. He affirmed that God, in the beginning, created them, male and female, to come together in an exclusive covenant relationship. Right? He affirmed the design of God from the beginning. Okay. So, likewise, in the church... Likewise, with our fellow believers, those who have received Jesus as Savior, we affirm those truths that bring our lives into harmony with God's design, with harmony with God's will and purposes, as given to us in his word. Okay, I remember uh, a number of years ago as a, as a new Christian, so a lot of years ago, seeing seeing people I hadn't seen in 35 years yesterday, <laughs> Reminded me just how many years ago. Um, but as as a new Christian, I would let people know how their language offended me, because all of us, I'm I'm keyed into that. You know, as soon as I hear the name God or the name Jesus, it's like, <gasps> you know, you you evil person, you! How dare you talk like that in my presence? And I would, you know, I would make that known that I was really offended. Um, by the things that they were saying, until the Lord grabbed me by the shirt collar and says, "What in the world are you doing right <sighs> yeah, th- they 're still in darkness, like you were not long ago, Ron. How in the world are you going to expect them now to to walk according to your convictions? right What are you doing well i 'm standing no you 're pushing them away. Pushing them away from you, pushing them away from me, right? You're being holier than thou. Whatever happened to for God so loved the world? You, you, You remember I came to you in your darkness. Yeah, that's right. That's right. In the church, we affirm truth. We stand upon God's Word and what he says, and we align our lives with that Uh, out there, out there as talking to people one on one, family, friends, fellow students, team members, whatever. Right? It's about the gospel. It's about connecting with people. It's about showing love and value and respect. And it's about bringing things back around to the Lord. Jesus told us what to do, didn't he? He says, go into all the world and tell them what they are doing is wrong. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's not what it says. It says, go into the world and proclaim the good news. There's a God who loves you, who's who's not counting your sins against you, who wants a relationship with you right where you are. He wants a relationship with you. He removed all the barriers with Jesus on the cross. Jesus took all our sin. He removed the barrier. There's nothing that stands in the way of you in a relationship with the God who loves you and created you. All you have to do is receive. All you have to do is accept what He's done for you. That's the good news. Jesus
1: paid it all.
0: Go out. Share the good news. So, principle number 10 always bring it around to Jesus in the cross. One way or another, whether it's in that conversation, whether it's over a series of conversations, whatever, always bring it around. To Jesus and the cross. What an incredible demonstration of love for humanity that God has. God loved you so much. This is what Jesus did on my behalf and on your behalf. And I'm no better than you, right? He found me. And he revealed himself to me, and now I have experienced his love and his presence and his grace and his peace when I'm going through difficult things, and his strength, right? Yeah. Romans 1.16, I'll close with this, says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. The gospel is the life changer. Right? Not arguing over right or wrong. That's not going to change anything. That's not going to change anybody. The Gospel is the life changer. That's what changed me and you. Right? Long story short, this woman at the well met Jesus and she became an evangelist who practically brought her whole town to Jesus. Come and see this man who told me all things about me. Right? You've got to see him for yourself. You've got to experience this for yourself. And they all came because they wanted to see what this Jesus person was all about. And so many, so many people in this Samaritan town that were lost and confused and, and, and into idol worship and all kinds of different things came to faith in Jesus Christ because of this woman's encounter with him. Jesus is the life changer. So we are connecting with people over life, right? Discovering together that the answers that the world has all leave us wanting. But this this, my friend, my, my co-worker, my family member, this is what is really the life changer. This is This is the difference that a relationship with our Creator makes. This is what He's done in my life. This is what He continues to do for an imperfect, unworthy person like me. And He can do the same for you. And all of this is available because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. As someone once said, we are called to be fishers of men. We catch them, God cleans them. Right? I like that. We're not called to straighten out everybody else's whatever. We catch them, God cleans them. And how do we catch them? with the life-changing love of Jesus and demonstrated in how we treat other people. So they may be out there. They may be vehemently against Jesus, God, the Bible, whatever. We don't. No. Jesus didn't do that. God so loved the world that he gave His son, Jesus, came. He healed. He served. He touched lives. Right? That's us. We're extensions of him in this world. And it's a changing world. So let's get mobilized. Right? Let's go out and love people. And love him right into these doors. Well, love him into his arms first. <laughs> right? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, thank you for what you've taught us from this one simple encounter, Lord, principles. That we can bring into our lives as we encounter people. People that you came for, people that you died for, God, let us see people through your eyes, let us love them with your heart. Let us uh, get rid of our own um, thoughts and and biases and and all of this lord as as Paul says. Let us, let us see no man after the flesh. Let us not look at people and, and what they do and how they look and all this kind of stuff and, and make any judgments about them. Let us see them, Lord, like sheep without a shepherd.
1: Break our hearts, Lord. Break our hearts for those that are lost that just just like us, they, 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 they want to be loved. They may be going about it in ways that, that we don't agree with. They just want to be loved. They want to know peace. They want to know happiness. Help us, Lord. Help us. Give us your heart. Change my heart, O God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O God. May I be like you.
0: Your work in us, Lord. Send us out to a lost and dying world. I don't know how much time we have left. Send us out, Lord, in your name and in your love. Empower us, anoint us. Be glorified
1: in all that we do. Through Christ we pray and all God's family said.